I wanted to bring my environment, my oasis, my safe space to a place that I call a safe space, my second home. You know, I, I really want to thank Soho House for allowing me to bring me to the house. Um, Cause the, you know, again, it's all about energy, right? Vibrations, I feel like you only attract what you putting out, you know? And for a, a space like this to give me so much grace and, and, and show so much love, I can't do nothing but give them that love back. The couch storytelling, it started from me being on the couch and wanting to have these conversations inclusive of the culture. And it's allowed for me to really carve a space in this world for myself. My guests has done the same thing. Big NFL, just like myself, he's in the music industry. He knows his narrative so well, just like me. And we're gonna talk about some stuff today. He's gonna play some music. We got some tracks that we all gonna listen to. So without further ado, I wanna bring up my first guest, Nathan Palmer, everybody. Just first, let everybody know who you is. You know, give us a brief backstory, and then we can get into it. My name is uh, Nathan Palmer, and I am a first, foremost child of God, and I am a believer, and I'm an artist, I'm a producer, a former athlete, and coach as well now. So I just added that to the resume. So. <laughs> wait, wait, sure. where you from? Talk to. I'm from Elkhart, from. Indiana. Um, so I always tell people out of town, I'm from Elkhart, Indiana, by way of Chicago. I grew up in a small town in Indiana, and then I went to school, college, out at Northern Illinois University. And IU. And IU. And then when I spent a lot of time down here getting in trouble. Uh, <laughs> outside. So outside, outside. Look. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. I think Chicago is definitely the city that where I feel like I learned a lot more. So. Yeah. So again, you, you heard my narrative and uh, we got similar stories. So yes, sir. So talk to us about your journey to being an artist in the music industry uh, today coming from the playing field. Man, um, you know, for me, it really, it pretty much started as a child for me with music. Uh, I don't think I really took being an artist very serious until I left the NFL. Um, and that journey was just, I mean, if anybody's ever been an artist or know any artist, like it, it's it's really a rocky journey. Sometimes you up, sometimes you down. I think uh, the thing that I've been able to take from being on the field and being in an athlete realm and bring it over to the artistry is just understanding you got to weather that storm. And uh, you know, you can have a bad play, but always stay ready for the next play. Go to the next play. Yeah, go to the next play. So I think uh, just being able to do that has helped me navigate as an artist, you know, a lot more than probably, you know, the average artist. So. And, and, I, and I think another thing, too, that, that helped us a lot to transition into where we are today, because, again, I talked, I talked to him about this earlier, and uh, people see the end product. They always see what you put out, right? Instagram is instant. You see what you, people, we post what we want you to see. So, like, how was that transition for you after playing? Like, give us a moment. Give me a <laughs> moment, like, that was, like, um, that you remember that stamped you in your head, like, all right, this is where I know I'm gonna be good after football. Like, this is this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, this is what God intended for me to be. Like, give me a moment. Man, so you know, they say it's really not a profession until you get paid for it. Facts. Right? So when I was doing football, um, I, I spent a little time on a practice squad here with the Bears. And um, I remember everybody would always be like, don't quit your day, day job, because my day job was playing football. So one week I felt um, I got a call from one of the, the members of the, the office, the front office from the Bears, yeah. 
And uh, they ask, they go, hey, we're about to do this Christmas party. And instead of us paying, you know, for this big band, we heard you can sing. So if you really can sing, like, would you grab a band and we could pay you? And I was like, yeah, 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 I could do it. I'm finna, man, I'm finna mess this party up. They don't know right. what's about to happen, right? So then I get in a party, and I'm like, all right, dope. But then the check that I got after that, not to say that I did it just for the check, but it let me know that I was going to be good after football, right? The check I got after for performing that week was actually more for being on the team and playing. And you know what those checks look like. I know. So that's when I looked and I said, well, hold up. What y'all trying to tell me? Yeah, they are always the, they, they <laughs> are mean, always the best. I mean, you're telling me something because you just paid me more for music. Than that, was, that was confirmation for you. That was confirmation for me. And I think that is when I was like, all right, well, maybe I need to pay attention and actually go do it because the people, my employer just paid me more for something I love to do than the thing that I'm actually doing for them. And I felt like that right. was the moment. Man, and, and I think... Again, those that those moments of reassurance, um, I think it's just a universal thing. We all want reassurance, right? You know, whether it's from ourselves, whether it's from our partners, from our our, our bosses, see who else, whoever we're working for, we just want a little bit of reassurance. But I think the reassurance that we give ourselves is the number one reassurance that we need, and I think that's God's Facts. assurance, right? That's Facts. within. And so, I'm, I'm glad you had that moment. Um, did you struggle? with your identity after the game. And I'm asking this because I did. Because um, my whole entire career was wrapped up into sport. You know, coming from high school, number one player in the nation, all the media accolades. I didn't have NIL. If I wish I had the NIL Boy, deal. Boy, if we had NIL. <laughs> if, I, if I had the NIL deal when I was coming out, I would be like. Look, napalm hot sauce would have been it. <laughs> would have told me the money. No. Um, but talk, but talk a little bit about. Um, I struggle with that identity because, again, NFL, NBA, that's such a big label, I mean, big name, right? It's such a high prestigious thing to be a part of, and you've done it your whole life. And you think about when you walk into certain spaces. I remember living in LA because I went to USC. I was wild, like I was, you know, wilding, <laughs> like before it, there was like even. No, you L.A. Rams, we was the team, right? So I was just thinking about my ego was bigger than anything. And I say this humbly because I've always been humble, but we all have an ego in this room. Like, we got to just sure. be 100 with ourselves. Thanks. We all have an ego. You just have to learn how to tame it. And, you know, once you remove ego, God comes in. But um, we still have ego. You have to walk with that. So talk about, you know, the struggle with identity after the game. Um. That's a great question. I definitely did struggle. Um, I'll be transparent. Sometimes I still struggle, you know. Um, just being real about it. When you you chase such a dream as such, I think I look up the stats. It's like 23,000, 24,000 people have ever played professional football in the history of the game, right? So then when you factor that in, it's like the upper 1% of – any athlete in the world has ever been able to accomplish that. So when you spend your whole life, like from a child, like, oh, I'm gonna get there, I'm gonna get there, I'm gonna get there, and then you get there, and then it's like, all right, what's next? Right. Even though I'm an artist, I sing, nobody in the room really wanted, I started to quickly figure out, no one in the room really wanted to hear the music, wow. right? Because I was like, oh, well, I play football, blah, blah, blah. That was the conversation at first. So once, the football was done, and they threw former 
or alumni on that title. It was like, oh, okay, dope, dope, dope. Yeah, yeah, you doing music, bad, bad. Okay, cool, yeah, all right, cool. So then I started looking at myself like, well, dang, was was I ever really right, right. who no, I thought I was? Guessing, you second-guessing yeah. yourself, like was I really imposter who I syndrome I was? creeping in. Um, and then conversation. I want to talk about certain things. You know, football get kind of old after a while, right? We right. talk about it all day. Yep. Um, so then when I walk up to every conversation, it's like, yeah, yeah, you played for who? Dope. How was it playing with uh, Peyton Manning? Or right. How was it playing with – They be with thirsty. They be, hey, you play with uh, a uh, – <laughs> Hey, uh, Drew Brees, huh? How was that in the locker room? How was that? How was that in the locker room? Like, that? Who, who's better, Tom or Peyton? I'm like, bro, I'm just blessed to be here. Y'all might cut me next week. They did cut me they next week. They did cut me, too. <laughs> <laughs> Niggas cut me, too. They did cut me they next cut week. Me too. So, um, you know, you go through those things. And then also, um, I don't know if you went through this, but I also started to realize how much time I missed chasing that dream and missed a lot of moments with family with friends, yeah. like I had people that were getting proposed at certain events I would throw, and then I can't make the wedding right. because we're in football, we're in training, yep. we're in a lot of things. And so when you come back to that, that world, I don't want to call it the regular world, but when you come back to that world with the family and friends, it's like, well, where do I fit in now? Right. Because they all have this life that has transpired over 10 years. And we playing catch up a little bit. And we playing catch up. Yeah. So um, I think that was another part of the struggle too, as well. It might be a loaded question. It's so funny when I when I was a free agent in 2017, I went to the New England Patriots, and I was this is the time I was still sprinkling sprinkling around like, do I want to play in the league <laughs> or do I want to like fo focus on my business, which is you know my film production business? I had a meeting with this scout. I had a great workout, and I had an interview, and I remember he was talking to me and he was asking me these questions about, hey Kyle, um, so what are you doing back home? Uh, why are you waiting for the next opportunity? I got too heavily invested in the conversation of my film business. I was like, does this nigga, do he's even, do he think about football? <laughs> and it's like, and this is a real conversation because like they want us to just be football, football, football. I teach me the football. I bench 225, go 30 down. And I run 4-3-4. I run 4-3. You know, I don't, you know, so like I, I was, like I got, I got a degree from Northwestern. Like I, I, I'm Let's clap on that. Let's clap you know, on that first and foremost. So, <laughs> I, pre I appreciate that, and my mother always told me to, to go get that real paper first, and that's my degree. And I always, when I went to the league, I wanted to make sure I graduated. And so when I go to that conversation, I'm like, they just want you to be a dumb jock. They want you to just play football and then blow your money. They want to give you the back. And we still ain't getting paid what we should get paid, you know. So we can get to that discussion later. But like, um, it's so much that like when I got heavily invested in that conversation, I felt his energy change. Oh, and yeah. so. Um, now look where we at, you know? So that like, part. I want to know where that scout at, you know, today, but I just felt that energy and vibe. But back to my question, um, how much did music play a role in your life during your playing career while you was playing? I think music has always been a part of my life. And I think that was the biggest part of the struggle, honestly, too, being playing ball and um, keeping the right balance of having that in there. Uh, I think, after the, like the first couple years of bouncing around, um, playing from team to team. So for anybody in the room, if you're not one through 22 on a roster, on an NFL roster, like you literally could be here today and going today, not even tomorrow. Like I here walked today and going, going tomorrow. today, <laughs> like for real. It was a couple times I walked in and roommate or teammate is walking in. We brushing our teeth, getting ready for camp practice. 
and I come back and his locker is empty. Yep. Or my locker is empty. Talk talk so, talk about talk about the Reaper. Man, I don't know if y'all ever heard stories about the Reaper, but there's one person on every NFL team that's designated to tell you to bring your playbook rough, rough, bro. <laughs> and your notebook to the office. The GM would like to see you. So everybody identifies that person as soon as you walk in. It's like, oh yeah, that's the trainer, that's the cook, that's the chef. Hey bro, but that guy over there. Stay away from him. Stay away. That's the Reaper, bro. You <laughs> see him coming, he coming to get you, right? So I think after going through that a few times, the only thing I really had to lean on in every city, because you start getting plucked at 22, 23, and now you're living in different cities by yourself. And it's like, do I want to get close to people? Because I could be gone tomorrow. I don't really want to make no new friends. And then now we, right. where you go, Nate? Why you ain't show up or, or this? And so I think music became the heavy thing that I leaned on. I literally went and bought all my own equipment. I sat down, and uh, I'm a self-taught engineer. Shout out to some of the best engineers in the building. I see Dave. Shout out Dave. Um, yeah. A lot of times, like, you get cut, you get whatever. Instead of me expressing it on Twitter or... Right, you put it in your music. I just put it in the music, and then I will let that kind of calm my nerves and then be like, all right, I it's feel ther okay. It's therapy for you. Very much so. Yeah. And Very I think music, so. music is therapy for us. You know, music fuels emotion. Music, like, like look at this. Music brings us together. Um, and it tells a story. So, also within all of that, how's your mental health? How are you currently right now today? Because I don't know if you all saw the drink menu, but we got three drinks. Uh, one of them is called Gentle Mental. Talk to me nice, because I'm talking to y'all nice. And we just, you know, and the, the last one's called The Story, but uh, I'm really gonna be heavily focused on the mental health part of it. And that's why yeah. I asked you like, like, how are you? Because you, we, we do this right, we don't check up on each other enough. I think we all need to do that. If somebody's within your circle, we need to really ask the question, like, how is your mental? Like, how are you? Because we're yeah. living in some times. Yeah. And um, I think that's a big question I want us to all ask each other, but how are you right now? Man, I'll say this, I'm a lot better than I was before. Um, is my journey complete? No, but I, I, like you said, we living in times. Uh, so I feel my mental is good, but that's not a testament of just the work I've done. I think it's my supporting cast too, um, being understanding, being patient. You know, a lot of times I, you know, we butt heads, bro, for a living. Um, and Literally. even though I play receiver and we really, you know, prima those donnas. dog prima donnas, <laughs> <laughs> we hit the ground a lot harder than a lot of people hit the ground. So yes. uh, I don't know if y'all watch football now, but a lot of people pass out from even just hitting the ground. And I hit the ground way more in practice than the average person. So I think a lot of times those mood swings and stuff that you go through, yep. you really have to have understanding people around you to be like, you know what, bro, just having a moment, I'm still gonna love on them. And I think once yeah. I felt comfortable with that, my mental started to clear up because now I'm not panicking yeah. or thinking about, man, am I not the person I was? Or yep. like, you know, going through that ego death yep. period. Um, so now I feel a lot better. I feel great, skin looking great. I got. You know yes, sir. Beer Ski. lined up. Shout, shout out to uh, Keith over there. Beer lined up. We good. We feeling good. Yeah, how, man. That's how you, love. How you feeling, bro? I'm glad you asked, man. I'm feeling great, man. I'm, I'm in such a place mentally where. You know, I'm life is lifing right now, and I I feel like the whole room understands that statement. Life is lifing, and you have to make sure you do check-ins. And that's hence why I asked that. But you know, where I feel right now, I feel like I'm vibrating higher than the bullshit. 
And I, I think that. when I'm high, vibrating higher than that and anything, and I say, I know that's a little vulgar, but the vibrations that I'm on outweighs anything that could step in my way, any opposition. God is really using me. That's, that's the energy. That's my mental. It's like God is using me despite my career and everything um, to be in a place where I can do this. Yeah. And um, this took a lot. And again, um, we need these conversations and um, we need to have these mental health conversations more. So yes. I'm in a great place right now. Shout out to you, bro. For Man, doing thank you. Thank shout you. Shout out to the incense, too. Y'all smell the incense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we like we, bro we really we brought the vibes <laughs> in. Yeah, like. man, I, I wanted I brought my house to the house for real. Um, um, and and it's a, it's a good vibe for us. Um, what's your thought? And now we talking about and we gonna get into some music. Um, but I know we all witnessed this a couple weeks back. Um, Demar Hamlin on Monday night, and that was horrific for us all. Like, we've been conditioned to see the cart come out on the field. We've been conditioned to see the thumbs up as he's getting carted off. We've been conditioned to see the going to the tent. We've been conditioned to see, oh, he's out for six months, ACL, and all. That's cool. He'll be back. He's going to use that injury to come back better. That should not, none of the stuff that we have seen should be normalized. But what we saw from DeMar, no one has, we have never seen someone get it administered CPR. So if you saw, if everybody saw the, the clips, you saw the players crying, right? Like, in an emotional state that, like, I even teared up. I went live in that moment on my Instagram because, like, I never witnessed anything like that. And so what I said was that this is, I hope this is an opportunity for the NFL and just everybody in a total, in a culture of just sports and life and period, just to notice that what we go through as athletes is so much. And that right there, we witnessed somebody die on the field and get brought back to life, right? Thank God he's here, you know? Um, but, like, my question is, what are your thoughts on the DeMar Hamlin situation, and, and did it play an effect on you? Has it had an effect on you? Initially, I was scared like anybody else. I think whenever you go down on the field, if you've ever been hurt, uh, I tore my MCL, PCL, um, partial to my ACL, and I just remember laying on the ground being like, dog, this could be it. This is that injury that your teachers yeah. and everybody talk about had that backup plan. So when I first saw it, you're right, I was conditioned to be like, ah, it's going to be an ACL, he'll be back, like, he'll be cool. When I saw the CPR, I was like, nah, bro, they really trying to bring him back. And I think it scared me because it was like, all right, now I'm not even thinking of myself. I'm thinking of my nephew who, Uncle Nate, I just want to be like you. I want to play football. And I'm like, bro, I would much rather you not even do it, right? Because in that moment, what people don't see behind the scenes and I think this is what made this moment very big, It's normally when something happens like that, they cut to commercial, right? Y'all yep. see commercials on TV, but what we see on the field is they pick somebody on the stretcher and they move everybody down the field. Yep. And it's just like, all right, we're going to get him out the way, and then y'all continue going, right? And so there was a big tweet that came out from, I won't say who, you yep. know, I don't like being messy like that. So there was a person, a, a well-known analyst who yep. – made a tweet like, well, keep the game going. Yep. When they gonna reschedule the game. When they gonna reschedule the game. And I was like, man, you know what's sad is we allow this. We allow them to be able to be like, he's just another gladiator. Exactly. Just another body. He's just another wounded body. So move him out the way and then keep the game going because we got money behind us. We got stuff going on. And I think in that moment, it made me be like, you know what? 
if I could find a way to advocate for people to just use their brain and do something that they really love yep. and not have to play that system, I would much rather them do that. Yep. Because people are dying out there. They're passing out. It's a lot going on in the world at, yep. at the same time. You don't want some mother, some father. That's somebody's child. To lose their son. And they just looking at it like, all right, get him out the way. Right. I thought of instantly about my nephew, but then I don't have children yet. But I, I literally was like, hey, if that was my son, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. Because that's out of my control. Yeah. That, you seen that hit, bro. That wasn't a bad hit. It, it was a – so for those who didn't see it, um, it was a normal football play. Normal right? football play. But is football even normal? It's not. Like, now, you, now you're really looking at it like, is that even normal? We're grown men with equipment on clashing. This, I did it. I, the we science, both did it. The science behind it. You got the average person. I think I was 4'3", right? We're going to run 4'3". That's right? fast. I was, I was slow as molasses. It's okay, but you was a bigger body, bro. I, I ran some good route, great routes. Right. I made it look like I was running fast. <laughs> but, like, I was, I had to know the coverage scheme. I had to know who else was running their route. I said I had to do a little trickery to get open. <laughs> and, and, I, and I knew I wasn't getting the ball all the time. It was like, hey, bro, you fast? Clear everybody oh, you out. We, we, call them, we, call them, we call them BTs. <laughs> yes, bus bro. tickets. Bus tickets. Coach be like, if we're in that BT. I'm like, if you don't run it right, we're going to order you a bus ticket. Okay. <laughs> you right. going home. So that that's literally, all right. Yeah, but bro. coming back to it. I'm running a 4.3 at the average on a human. That's about 18, 19 miles per hour on a, on a football field. I'm weighing 190 pounds. You got a guy who's running just as fast as me weighing 250. Who's going to win that in physics? Who's going to win that in physics? Right? 250, you would think. But there's a coach in my ear like, no, you're a speeding bullet. <laughs> right. No. Be having you can, us out there. You wired. can literally run in there and you're going to mess him up. And I'm really believing it. Like, you're right, coach. I'm a, I'm a speeding bullet. Uh, boom. I want to be the cheesiest coach. And now I'm sitting there for the next three days like, bro, why does my head hurt so bad? I should have exactly. never ran in there. That was dumb. Why did I mm -hmm. let him talk me into that? Mm -hmm. So just understanding that and seeing those plays is like, man, I know they're going to look at the play and literally be in the film room the next day because we've yep. been there. It'd be like, this is just a normal play, guys. You still got to play 100%. They got to give it your all and just hope these injuries don't happen. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, too, man. Like, like what? Bro, you, he just you, died. <laughs> hope it don't happen? No, I'm good. You, you, how many surgeries have you had? Uh, One. One? And it was a light one. I have five. Yeah, I'm cool. Like, five. And I know there's other athletes I know, friends that have more, but, like, these five are very, like, Detrimental to my mental health, right? Yeah, right. Because uh, I don't know for those who are in the room, I had a film called Shifting Gears. is one of the, my first documentaries that put me in a position to be where I'm at today when I talked about my opioid addiction. Yeah. And from 2010 till 2014, I was heavily medicated all the time to play. I had to, you know, I, I, I wanted yeah. to play, right? And that's another thing, what you have to do to play. And I would get tortoise shots in my right butt cheek before yeah. every game. <laughs> You know, and that just numbs the, they that takes suck. away the pain. Or y'all get the cortisone, or they take a fluid out my knee because I had surgery on my left knee, right knee, left foot, right foot. My pinky, y'all see my pinky. No no tendons in here at all. Um, concussion was my most recent injury with the Saints. Lacerated kidney, he got weird fingers. Like, <laughs> like, it's a lot that we go through. 
Yeah, so that's a whole like no art display right here. So it's 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 a lot. It's a lot that we it's a lot that we do with this athletes. My germs, be precious. Uh, <laughs> what's that movie? Uh, <laughs> scary movie. What, scary movie. My germs. My germs. Goddamn, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I do look like that. Um, <laughs> but I, I, th what I talk about these stories, man, the opioid addiction, and I, I'm I'm very okay with talking about it now because it, even when I talk about it today, it further removes me even more from it. And I think when we have problems and things that we deal with in our life, that's why we seek therapy. You know, I don't know who you all serve, but I serve an amazing God. And, um, you know, my God is the most high. And um, without my family, you know, without them, I wouldn't, have be, I wouldn't be in this position to kind of, like, talk about this and be where I'm at. So um, these stories that we tell, man, are really because we need to help the next generation. And when, we, when I want y'all to leave this room tonight, it's like with something that's tangible, like, damn. I didn't know that about KP. I didn't know that about Nate. I didn't know that they had to go through all that to be where they are today. I just saw them, you know, I just see what I see. And so I want to get into some music. Um, I got three songs from you. Um, mm -hmm. I was just at your performance yesterday uh, <laughs> at the Soothe Your Soul. We was lit, turned up. Uh, it was a it good was time. Shout out to Dana, we was in the lit. Um, this first song <laughs> is called Shyami. And, yeah. um, Talk to me a little bit about Shyami before we play it, and then we're going to talk about it at the end. Okay. Shyami uh, was a unique one. Um, so about, I think I made it two years ago. It came out last year. But when we created it, it was, we had a lot of friends come in from all out of town. I think a few were from New York, um, a few people from D.C., and a couple people from Miami. Mm -hmm. And one thing everybody was shocked about is going on Lakeshore Drive or going out there on the lake, and they're like, yo, it looks just like an ocean. Like, I feel like I'm in Miami, but it's not, right? So it started as a joke where I was like, it's Shyami. One person said it in the group, and it was like, hey, it's the perfect blend between Chicago and Miami for the summertime. Everybody in here could probably agree, summertime shy, there's nothing like it in the world, right? So I was like, hey, um, the music, frequencies, starting to understand that. We have a lot of uh, rap music that kind of glorifies the Chirac mentality. Yep. And I don't ever want to go away from it because that was a part of history. If you know, you know, right? If you know, you know. But I said, I can be a part of the problem or I can be a part of the solution. Mm -hmm. So when I made a song, I said I wanted to make an R&B song. Ladies love R&B. Yep. That's a chill vibe. And to give them another name for the city outside of Chirac. So when I played Shyami, I wanted to give some everyone that heard it a sense of ownership to be like, this is what it looks like. It feels very bosh's, braggadocious a little bit, but yep. the main key behind it was I wanted everyone to be able to call this part of Chicago something different. You got Chicago, you got Shy Town for the outside, you know, world, and then you got Chirac, but I wanted to now incorporate Shyami. Nice. And um What's weird is, I was like, maybe only four or five friends will start calling it that, but it literally started to spread. You see sprinkles of it here and there. Yep. And I said, if I could just be that first seed that planted it, and now get the people an option to whether say, you know, I'm from Chirac. Right. No, nah, I'm from Chiami. Or you ever been to Chiami? You ever been on a lake? You ever been, you ever had the boats? You ever been downtown? You ever been River North versus, you ever been in the trenches? You ever been in the hood? You ever been on A7? You, you ever, ever been, been on the playpen? Right. 
playpen. Yeah. So that was about the playpen. that was the vibe behind it. Um, shout out to Nelson Hergley. I think he works here. Okay. So how? Oh um, yeah, Nelson. Yeah, shout out to Nelson. TTPMG. Yep. So I was recording that song, and he had a friend that came in, and I'm I'm not gonna lie, as an athlete, you know, when it's your world, you get kind of bullyish a little bit. Mm-hmm. So in the studio, I, he was like, "Hey, bro, I got a guy coming in, and he's been going through it today. Do you mind if he just comes in and write a verse, or just be in the studio with you while you work?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, cool." So I hear him humming in the in the background yeah. while I'm recording, and normally all my homies know like. You hum or whatever, I'll probably turn around and be like, hey, bro, sh- let me do my thing real quick, right? Right, right. So I heard it, and I looked over. I said, hey, bro, you should lay that down. Uh. Never knew that he was really, his whole testament, he freestyled it, but that's what he was actually living. Mm. And he came up to me after and was like, hey, bro, you made me want to stay in Chicago. I was about to leave. Wow. Just because the city was doing that much to me. So I was like, all right, this is our our authentic story now. Yeah. And so now you have this young black man and this young Hispanic Latino guy Collab. collabing together on a record and never knew it was going to be what it was. Ends up on the radio one night. Friends wow. start calling me. Oh, man, you got a song on the radio. I'm like, what song? Southside? What? And then they play that one. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. So now it's working. So I feel like that was a testimony for when your intentions are pure. Yep. It's all going to find its way, and it's all going to work out. So, And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get to that right now. We're going to play Shiami hey. for y'all. Let's get to it. Dope. I'm back with some exotic and some hitty. Baby, tell me if you're really coming through. Cause she wanna dance with Shammy. She call her girls, they call their friends, they making plans with Shammy. Ooh, you like to dance with Shammy. You call your girls, they call their friends, we making plans with Shammy. We gon' hit the city, you could name your price. I get Big Frank like Nitty, my wristwatch dipped in ice. I brought my family with me, and it's one hell of a night. I'm the man of my city, so please talk to me nice. 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 I get Big Frank like Nitty, my wristwatch dipped in ice. I brought my family with me. Please talk to me nice, yeah. So yeah, that's my verse. And this is my hey, homie Manny. Hey, hey, Smoking hey. Smoking the face hey. back to the problems. Hey. Sleeping them close hey. my eyes. I felt this verse though, bro. Nah, he was so I, real. I, I like it, man. And the thing about it. Close to a lie. Look to the left and the right. We ain't no similar guy. Keep going. Basement trying to think Keep how going. to provide. Keep I going. had to categorize. I had to prioritize. All of my goals in the one. I had to put down the gun. Hey, hey. Needed the the to shoot her, I loaded the pump. Needed a commuter, I rode on the bus. A shiny reflection. I almost know his verse, and I only like that. Let's go. Uh, Cause I've been on the edge of this lifestyle Like an addict not putting the pipe down She around not putting the pipe down Remember the eating the lights out Remember when 
He performed his <laughs> it's the energy is, is is crazy, man. Um so now that we all heard Shyami, um give it up give it up one more time for, for Shyami. Um I feel that. I, I, I feel that energy because like you said, sh- Chicago in the summertime is Miami. What? Like and everybody it, it definitely is Miami. Um so when you made that song, um now we, you know, now we talking about the lyrics, right? Now we talking about the words. Right. Um, talk to me nice, right? Yeah. You know, we got the drink that you guys can get. Yes, um, but again, we talk to me nice. Talk a little bit about that line, the talk to me nice line, because I, I think like that's that, a real nice line. I just feel like that's Chicago. Like that's Chicago's energy. Anywhere you go, when you meet somebody from Chicago, it's like you can play with us if you want to, but you better talk to me nice. Right, even the women, like the women, the men, everybody, f- front to back. It's like, hey, you got, boy, I'm from, se- they'll be quick <laughs> to tell you, I'm from 79th or something, or I'm from 63rd, boy. You know, I'm from over Facts. east, boy. You better talk Facts. to me nice. So I felt like that was the energy where Facts. me, sing- my friends used to always joke, a person can rap something, and a, one person can sing the same thing, and it's always going to be received well or a little bit better if you sing it, put yep. a melody behind mm-hmm. it. So I felt like I can give you that energy, but soften it up a little bit by just like being cool with it. Talk to me nice. So please talk to me nice. I brought my family with me. You feel me? I got my family, so you better talk nice. Because uncle, cousin, all them back here, I might be cool, but they might mess it. No. Yeah, they they, (laughs) did. No, and and that's the thing. You you know, the club family got your back, man. You know, you got to always roll with some real ones around you, man. Shout out to to the real ones in the room. Um, Shout out to my, my family. Um, that's here and that my peoples that help put this together, um, you know, Boye, Rihanna, Yo. Alexis, uh, Alex, um, who else? Portia, Mel, um, Kaylin, you know, just I could keep going on and on. My, my production crew, we got to make sure we shout out the people that put us in position. Right. I always want to make sure we always let people know um, it's in this life that we live. And the, where we where we're going and want to go, we gotta have a solid core. You need a solid group of people that got your back. And um, I roll with some real ones, man. I I like to think that you know you one of the people in my crew too, man. So definitely, uh, let's keep that energy going. Definitely. Um, what's what was one of the what was one project that you did that let you know that music thing that this music thing might be for you? Like, um, it definitely was Lakeshore Drive. Drive? Yeah, definitely Lakeshore Drive. Um, to be transparent, one of the songs that ended up being on the radio from Lakeshore Drive, I made four years prior to me ever playing it for anybody in the regular world. <laughs> that one too. Yeah. So um, I think it was my most 
getting out of my own way yeah. project where I didn't think. I just went in, I made music that felt good. Um, I didn't try to make it specific for like, oh, this guy, this going to go crazy on Blase Blower. This going to go crazy in the club. It yeah. was just like I'm making what I feel and what I want to put out in the world frequency-wise. And um, for it to be only 18 minutes, I think it was my most streamed project, but also well-known music people that I respect in the industry in the industry literally started coming up and when they would meet me or see me out, it was like, yo, bro, I listen to Take It Back or Shyammy or yep. Division Street is my song. And I'm like, dang, yeah, That's bro. one of my favorite. We're going to get to Division Street and Southside, but Division really, y'all going to love Division Street. So I, re I really like that. <laughs> that's my joint right there, for real, for real. But so yeah. I think once I started seeing that, it was like, yo, I really wasn't expecting this. So the fact that it's being received this way, it, it started to let me know, like, all right, bro, you, you might actually be who you think you are in your head and have been doubting for so long. Yeah. It's like, now nah, it's, it's just going to be him. That doubt is, so talk about it, Talk about that doubt, right? Um, we call that imposter syndrome. Yeah. And I know a lot of people in this room, we're creators, we're all artists. I just think we have moments where we doubt ourselves, right? And this is where the confidence has to come in, the experience has to come in, and the war wounds have to come in. So talk about those moments of doubt that you've had. Man. I think as an artist, it's way more than an athlete. Because mm -hmm. a lot more is out of your control. Like, when you're an athlete, you're like, I know my body, I know what I'm going to do, I know what I'm really good at doing, so I'm going to do that. But then in music, it's like, I can feel like it's the greatest thing I've ever done and play it in this room and everybody look at me like, mm. Right. And then I can take something that was the worst thing I've ever done. I think we were all in the studio last night after the show, right? And I'm just playing music in the background. And one of my old songs that I did like two years ago comes up where I'm like, bro, that is trash. Right. Went crazy. All the homies went crazy. Bro, you ain't put this out? What is this? But in your what? mind, you like, that's trash. trash. And if somebody else here, they trash. like, Wow. I don't even know why I made that. What was I thinking, bro? Why was I in there singing this? Y'all really let me sing this. The engineer need to be fired. Manager <laughs> need to be fired. Everybody need to be fired because y'all really let me do this. And then I play it, and they're like, bro, this is amazing, bro. This is, bro, I will play this. I will bump this even if I didn't know you. Yeah. So I think that imposter syndrome comes in. And then also just, like, coming from the athlete world, I'm sure you dealt with mm -hmm. this. When you say you do film, but you played in the NFL, they're like, okay, but do you really do film? Right. Or are you just an NFL player that now you can do film? So right. in music, a lot of times they're like, oh, yeah, he played in the NFL. Uh, he low-key can sing. Low-key. Yeah, he got a little album out. Little album. Yeah, I don't what like you mean? You gotta eliminate the word little. Little? Like, boy, I'm, I'm six foot two oh five. You're not little about me, man. You better talk to me nice. Like, right. Like, <laughs> you better <laughs> you grab you a drink from Soho House right. tonight at 7 to 9 p.m. You talk feel to me, nice. me? Like, so um, I think having that those moments, but also pushing through them, yeah. and now having, like you said, the support system from family, uh, where now it's like, all right, even when I do feel that, go back to what you know, just like an athlete, to be to regain that confidence and just be like, I'm him. I'm, mm -hmm. it's, it's not to say I'm him more than anyone else in the room. We all him, her, uh, they. I know we got you're a lot him, of, you're him we got a lot you. of codes to say you're now. You're him but for you. I'm him. 
for you. And I have him within me, yep. if you understand. Now, if I go over anybody here, we'll talk about it later. But yep. I have him within me, so I have to be him. Mm. And I think now I'm just now starting to get that. Like, I just said it. Mm. So I was like, y'all really feel like, I really feel like I, I'm arriving. I'm here. Yeah. You know, so. No, and you, and you are, bro. And, um, again, that's why when I, when I called you, um, what better way to start, you know, my first episode and series with somebody who I know has been on the same journey as me, and we gonna we gonna get there together. And um, again, these conversations is for us to all be together. It's all inclusive conversations. Um, so my next question um, is, what what was one of your highlights from your playing career, and how does that success or that highlight compare to your success today in music? Oh. Um I think it came from practice, if I can say that. I go for sure. Okay, uh, camp, rookie year, I get out to San Francisco. I have this story time, y'all. I like to tell stories. That's why we're here, right? You have Randy Moss, Michael Crabtree, Mario Manningham, Wow, Ted Ginn Jr., Sheesh. Kyle Williams, AJ Jenkins, who's a first-round draft pick in my rookie class. And you have Brent Swain, who played with the Packers and won a Super Bowl. So that's seven guys. That my agent was looking at me like, bro, why did you want to go there, bro? That's like seven pro, like pro ballers. Right. So they put us up against an all-pro corner, Carlos Rogers. Mm. Toast him for a post. Nice. I'm thinking it's an accident. Was it press coverage or was press covers? Eighty months. You, you, you went inside. Boom, boom. Went inside. <sighs> dipped the shoulder. Gave him a little set at the top. Mm. You feel me? Sorry, y'all. It's, it's football is still in this. I'm sorry. <laughs> still in it. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I'm up there getting excited. I'm like, did you get inside? Did you get inside release? Did you stem him upfield? Did you get eight? Because like, what you don't yeah. know is you go outside on the post, that's called a bus ticket. Mm -hmm. They're going to get you a bus ticket home. So that's, <laughs> y'all see how much is engraved in it's like, nah, bro, you run a post, dip that shoulder, get yep. inside. And people be PTSD. They make it, right. They make it hard for you, too. It's like, bro, how am I going to get inside? And he's sitting. Where bro sit right here, like <laughs> I can't go over there. I gotta go all the way to the camera, bro. Like, what you want me to do? So, <laughs> so I beat Carlos, and you know, wide receivers growing up, when you catch a ball over somebody, everybody yells Moss. So I walk back to the huddle, and Randy Moss goes, "Hi, right, young thing, you the Mossy, <sighs> right?" So now I'm like, oh man, Randy Moss said I'm Moss somebody. Oh, that's hard. Oh, it's up. That's hard, it's bro. Up. Next play, I come out, right? I run the same post. Kaepernick throws me a dart, hits me dead in my chest, bounces off my chest. Now Randy come over, boy. Sound like you got shot in your chest, boy. <laughs> That's crazy, boy. You better get them hands. You shouldn't have had that popcorn. Your hands are a little slippery, right? So now I'm like, dang, I'm crushed just that fast. So then he looks. They have a receiver in. He looks, and he comes out the huddle, and he goes to hardball. Put Nate in. I said, huh? Bro, I just dropped this whole post, bro, and y'all talking trash about me. Yeah. Put Nate in. I come back in. He said, hey. You're going to make up for that. The ball about to come to you because of the coverage. I already know what it is. You're going to line up. I'm going to set it off. Once you catch it, you're going to bump, bump out, and you got the ball. Show them what you got. I believe in you, kid. That's some Lifetime movie shit just now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, come on. Like, you can't write a better script for, like, 
something other than what you just ex- right, what you experienced. Until I dropped it, but it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. It was the thought that counted. Right. Like he, he was like he right. had that much faith right. in me, bro. Like yes. to be like, hey, put Nate in. He going against the head coach, right? So that in that moment taught me that the the icons that I look up to. Yeah. The people that I wore his jersey in middle school mm-hmm. literally saw something in me before I saw it. Yeah. And was like, hey, I'm willing to stick my neck out as that guy in the room and be like, this next play, he need to come to redeem himself. So, coach, I know you are all pro coach. You got whatever on your resume, but, like, I'm one of the greatest of all time to do this. This little kid need this opportunity. Come in here. That said everything to me. And I think, bro, that's – we talked about affirmations earlier. Like, that's that's reassurance from a GOAT. You know what I'm saying? Whether you – I know you <laughs> dropped the ball, okay. But, like – I dropped it with the most proud face ever, bro. It was like, look, I'm but, – But this story is right, forever going to live. But this story is forever going to live, and it's so right. inspiring, bro, because um, what you did is, again, it, it's a story that you could tell to us, and it's, like, inspiring for the next generation. You know, not Man. too many people can say Randy Moss said to me, I'm all somebody. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's hard, bro. And like, that's a whole segment mm-hmm. on Sundays. Like, Moss, you got right. Moss. And I'm right. like, bro, I lived that. Yes. So, no, nah, that's an amazing moment, bro. And um, Randy Moss is definitely one of the cultural, like, he's very one of the, like, cultural icons, too. Um, yes. <coughs> I would say one of the tastemakers, too, from, like, just him being himself. And I see a lot of athletes, primetime, Randy, the guys that, be themselves, like Chad Ochocinco's of the world. Yeah, Those guys I really looked up to <clears throat> because they were allowed to be themselves. Now, when you're undrafted and you're not as highly talented, you're not an A-list player, you can't be yourself all the time. No. Now, that's where I struggled at a lot, right? Because I knew my spirit. I wa- I'm a peacock. I want to I do all these things. I've been a curious kid my whole <laughs> life, and I'm like, but my – Resume, football-wise, said five surgeries, undrafted. I have to stay late out to practice. I got to be on special teams. I got to walk around the locker room with my tail tucked underneath because, like, coaches got me on a short leash because I know they might be about to cut me soon. I got to do everything right. The so, like, reaper in the corner. The reaper right there in the corner. <laughs> and um, Just staring at you while you eat your food. Staring. You know, I, bro, I got cut after having, like, a, a one of my best games in preseason. So I had a press conference and everything. I'm up there talking on the podium. like, yeah, they're like, where you from? Like, uh. You know, Northwestern, went to USC, and then I was all excited about your first catch. I almost went for a touchdown. I'm talking to the reporters, and then I'm in the locker room, and then the Reaper walking, and I'm just, like, deflated. I'm like, damn, bro, I just did a press conference. How y'all cutting me? Like, bro, I'm balling right now. I'm balling. So it's, it's tough, bro. You got to tell them about how sometimes, and this is one thing I had to learn, too, so any football players watching this or whatever growing up, Sometimes it's out of your control that you get cut at such a high level. Right, it is. And that's what I didn't understand. Like, I'm balling in camp, doing everything right. Numbers. A defensive end goes down with a sprained ankle, and they need that roster spot, so they got to bring in another defensive end. Yep. And, Nate, you number five. Even though you balling, we love you. Like, you can sing, bro. We like it when you sing. <laughs> we love it. Line, line. It's great. Line. Like, yeah, it's yeah, so yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. But what we have to do is we need that roster spot. So we're going to uh, demote you today. We're going to put you on practice squad, bring your playbook, uh, bring everything in. And uh, if you clear waivers, we'll uh, bring you back. Okay. Yeah. But uh, for now, yeah, we'll, we'll need that. And, uh, yeah, just good luck, buddy. Yeah. Right. Look, good luck, buddy. Good luck, buddy. Right. Like, that's the most diminishing thing. And you're like, bro, how I'm balling and y'all still cut me. That's like saying, like, oh, I love you, but it's not you. Like, 
<laughs> you don't want to hear that when you break up. Like, no, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you. It's, trust me, it's not. It's it's not you. It's me. Like, right. On some no. Seinfeld, you right. playing with our emotions <laughs> and stuff. Right. So, so yeah. Man, no, nah, it, it, that's crazy. Well, so let's talk about. Um, let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, no pun intended. Shout out to Shifting Gears. If y'all haven't seen that, it's on ChasingGreatnessProductions.com. Shifting Gears is about transitioning. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the culture today um, in terms of the music industry. And we're going to play Southside um, yeah. right now, um, one of your tracks. Yeah. But like, let's talk about the culture today in terms of the music in industry. Talk a little bit about it before we get into the song. We're going to pray for the culture of music. I don't want to say too much because, you know, they like to get people like me and be they take us in the back room and beat us up for talking too much. But, you know, <laughs> uh, give us talk, talk. I mean, I pray for the culture of music because it has a stronghold on our youth. Mm -hmm. Talk about and, it. And um, I even had to learn with my pen, with my voice yep. and to be a little bit more careful with what I'm putting out there, because um, these kids are nine times out of ten raised just like we are. We were, our parents were, our grandparents were, even cavemen when they started discovering music, right? But we're all raised by our favorite music, our favorite musicians. And I think now it's not even about the music anymore. It's about what we can see online and how do you look and who you're dating and what are you spending your money on and how much money you have and all this stuff, right? So the frequency of music is lost. Yep. All we listening to is lower frequency music, yep. and it's starting to change our world. It is. Um, and I think a lot of the the angels of music mm -hmm. are now being brushed to the side or not heard of as much because it's so much oversaturation. Yep. But the reason I say I pray for the culture of music is because I still think music has healing in it. Yep. I think the people we have to heal first, and then the music will start to change. Perfect example, NBA Youngboy, right? Um, I think I saw an interview recently where he was like, yo, I'm responsible for a lot of these deaths. They listening to my music when they go do it. Right. So I have to make better music because I'm responsible for these people. Mm -hmm. He's only 20-something. Yeah. So if we get more guys to be like that in yeah. the music, and I'm only speaking on the music I listen to, right? Not all music is like this. Um but if we get more people in our culture, because yeah. our culture really does drive the world. I don't care what nobody say. We do. And it started in Chicago, low-key, so I mm -hmm. mean, shout out Chicago. No, but we do. We do drive music. I, I think, I do, I do I do think we need to pray for the culture in terms of music and our, our youth, the next generation. We do have power in our words. And, yeah. you know, rest our soul, uh, rest in peace. Nina Simone, she says this, she say, as a storyteller, as an artist, we must reflect the times in which we live in. Yes. And me being on this stage, you being on this stage, we have the power to invoke culture and move. And, you know, that's why I love filmmaking so much, because I love to evoke emotion. I love to pull that heartstring. I love to take you on this roller coaster of that's a ride. Um, but again, it's like we have to make sure what we're saying in these words and these lyrics that they are conducive. Yeah. that we can actually push us forward. So I'm glad you're conscious of your pen, right? Um, you know, another thing too, I, I'm an artist as well. And when I be freestyling, I notice that like, when I'm freestyling and 
and it's not of God, and I start speaking about secular stuff, I start messing up. Like God be like, bro, that ain't you. you <laughs> what bad? Hey, 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 hey. You don't, you don't sell dime bags now. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm you, like, you, you know, not a drug I'm not pushing like. no work, you know. But, uh, but again, it's like we got to be very conscious of our words, man, and you know the the stories that we tell because our our, our youth are dying here in Chicago. It's 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 crazy the 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 numbers and the statistics when I look at them as to like our communities and how we're like the music is putting us against each other. It's talking about us not ha it's us about being better than the next generation and you know keeping up with the Joneses and flexing on my brother and, you know flexing on my sister you know trying to see how much she got we pocket watching you know trying to do all these things. Again, I can't stress this enough. We must. Uh, vocalize these things a little bit more and be conscious of like an NBA young boy saying like, yo, I'm responsible for these deaths. You know, a lot of these artists that we glorify are responsible for the deaths that happen in our communities. That's and the right. industry, you know, again, they notice. The industry knows the music that they're pushing and how it's heavily influencing us and what they're doing. Listen. And so, um, again, that's just something I want us to be conscious of and which is going to lead us into our next song, um, oh, Southside, yeah. right here from Nate. Yes, sir. And now we're going to get into it. Yes, sir, Skid. <laughs> huh? This you, bro. This on the south side. Yeah. Talk to him. Lakeshore popping is a big vibe. Baby, there's a lot of for the long ride. Baby, is She like to cruise around with the stars. Inexpensive fast cars, I know. Little baby, she be dripping just like water. I'm about to change her life here tonight for sure. Cause I know that she been waiting for a real one to touch on her body. I'm thinking that I might be the right one to love on her body. Ooh, ooh, baby, they don't make them like you no more. Yeah. She called my bluff and she told me pull up on the south side. Lace up popping, it's a big vibe. Got some papers and gelato for the long ride. Let the top down, baby, get some. Yeah, yeah. On the south side. Lakes are popping, it's a big vibe. Papers and gelato for the long ride. Hey, yeah, yeah. Uh, manicure dripping down the front door. The red bottoms on a better get toes. Henny in the nail, got a shouty in the zone. Little baby caught the dang for the low. City girl, take a ride with me. Blow some 87 in the sky with me. Anything you want when you slide. I mean, anything you want, slide with me. Ooh, baby, yeah, yeah. Ooh, baby, they don't make them like you no more. Oh, she called my bluff and told me, baby, pull up on the south side. Snap. Hey, hey, there we go. Yeah. I know she was feeling it. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Dana and the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big vibe, baby. For the low ride lady. Yeah, yeah. 
me be on the south side late night your daddy just don't know me be on the south side big vibes i bought some trees to blow i saw a couple lloyd fans back there is that what it was yeah yeah that was south side y'all give it up for south side man <laughs> man south side man um man Southside. Shout out to people from the Southside. Anybody from the Southside in here? Yeah. Hey, shout out to Southside. Shout out to Southside. Talk to us about Southside, man. I like that song a lot. Um, talk to me about it. Man, shout out my boy Cali. He produced it. His name's Cali. Okay. Uh, they call him Cali. I got the juice. So whenever you hear that um, on any song of mine, that's my longest collaborator. One of those friends that I relied on a lot when I got out of the league. Um, but he played that song while we were setting up music equipment in a studio, right? And we were doing another session. And uh, I think at the end of the session, we had like 30, probably like 30 minutes left. And so I was like, hey bro, pull up that beat you played in the house the other day. And 23 minutes, I think it was, we looked at the time, cause I was like, dog, we just made this whole song that fast. So 23 minutes later, that's what you got. And literally that song was not touched. It's fresh, whatever you got out the studio, that was it. I didn't think it was gonna be anything. Um, I wrote it to sell it. Yeah. And uh, thinking it was just gonna be a quick little vibe. And my business partner, Rita, shout out to her. Shout out to Rita Lee. She heard it, was like, nah, give me that. I, I know what to do with that. She said, um, the city of Chicago needs a song like this. And I was like, all right, cool. Next thing I know, I wake up. It's number four on the radio. Nice. On WGCI. Shout out Jamal Smalls because he played it everywhere and he was the first person to hear it and support it. And that song literally changed my life. Like, I was out here still trying to figure out, you know, who yep. I was, what I wanted to yep. do. And um, that song kind of put me on the map. I think a lot of people respected me as an artist because yeah. they would hear it, yeah. not know it was me. And then it would pop up my name and now it's, it's, yeah, it's just you gotta, a vibe. <coughs> you got a distinctive voice, man. You got a, yeah. a great voice. And, it's um, very raspy. Yeah, Sometimes it, I don't like it. It's not Life Jennings raspy. Uh, like, yeah, you know, no. you know, Life Jennings sound like he had six Popeye's biscuits. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you With don't no sound water, like that. With no water, bro. You know. Water. water. Help me. <laughs> you know, you know, but nah, you're good. You're good. Your voice is good. Um, I appreciate it. Um, nah, man, I think like you said, you was in that period of trying to figure out your sound and right. I think that's where I'm at too like yeah I'm in that phase where I'm like trying to figure out my sound and I think I found that my sound is just like it can be anywhere you know it's you up got and a down. soulful sound bro you yeah got I gotta I, I, I test that to my my family my my father I grew up on music music is something that like from the moment I was born you know uh, my dad had vinyls you know playing like oldies Smokey Robinson uh the oldest Redding, you know, James Brown, uh, yeah. Aretha Franklin, you know, I'm talking about old records and these like, and the whole record. So when it got to like, you know, me making music and like sampling and like, I can give y'all a little taste right now. Um, just hey. as to what the soul is talking about. Um, so I, this is my MPK and I just be vibing like, you know, just a little something like this, you know? Okay. I'm chilling. Chilling with my homies. Most of my homies, we ain't never been phony. Back in the gym, I used to be scrawny. Now nah, I put on a little weight, now nah, nigga ain't bony. 
No, but these are stories that we tell. I pray to God that I stay well. Shout out the yay, shout out the hoe. When he made that song called Jail, I was like, damn, that's a story I would like to tell. But I'm a freestyle killer. Yeah. I'm off the dome, I'm a mental, so I keep it real skriller. I believe in people when they don't believe in me. And that's the thing I had to see, I had to conceive in me. I make the beats when I make it, I'm off the dome. I sit at home, God, I pray into the throne. Yeah. Please, please leave me alone. I got a gentle mental. That's why I brought my crib to this home. Whoa. Shut out the Soho house, man. I try to move smooth. I like to be like a mouse, so I quiet. I'm deep up in the drought. I'm just praying to the God that I might go here and see the south. So Daddy. South side, shout out to the west side. I gotta talk to all sides, cause all sides is the best sides. Whoa. Man, everything that I went through, I pray to God that I can do the Kamehameha, so call me Goku. Whoa. I'm on your favorite TV, Roku, but I'm going to tell you something. My bikes I had on some spokes, too. Whoa. But that's a little something for the soul. I'm a soulful brother. I be writing down my goals. Whoa. Writing down my goals. She beautiful. Beyonce knows. But when I put my finger on my nose, I say nose goes. <laughs> but that's just a little flow for my people. I want y'all to know I'm making art just like I'm people. 69 mil for the thrill. I was trying to be freestyling. Now I'm writing contracts and deals. Wow. Make a milli, man. Shout out to Philly. I know they didn't win the Super Bowl, but them niggas still making about a milli. That part. <laughs> they still making about a milli. That part. <laughs> nah, but that's just something, though. Yeah. These are just stories. You know, these, these are the stories, man. You know, um, but yeah, like music is something that's like. Bro, that was hard, bro. Can I we know. give it up we just, again? <laughs> No, I appreciate it, appreciate it. Um, music, again, like for me, um, it's therapy, right? And when I wanted to create this space for us to like be in, I prayed over this room. You know, I, I pray over my, the, my tongue, my words, and I pray over us. You know, I prayed over like this conversation because like I said earlier, if I'm getting to talking, if I, I can't rap, and then I get up here and rap secular stuff and it's gonna just mess up. You know, because that ain't God. God's like, that's not you. That ain't what you do, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, I rap from experiences. You know, I create from experiences. And this couch, I went through so much on my couch in these past couple of years, 2020, the pandemic. We all in this room went through something. I kid you not, whether you was with someone or with your family or with a significant or you spent time alone, you had to deal with something in your life, right? You had to look yourself in the mirror and figure out, like, who are you? What do I need to deal with? God set us down. And that was a time for us all to be isolated for a reason. So I used that time to really dive into myself, dive into my artistry, dive into who I am, dive into everything that I know God is shaping and molding me to be. And that's a storyteller and that's creative music. So that ear, you know, I, I lived in LA, shout out to Cosigner too. The interns. Yes, sir. Um, my brothers, you know, I was able to be in a studio, be around artists like Bruno Mars, um, Big Sean. You know, I met Kanye, and I'm seeing all these people, like, and I'm just in the back. Like, I, I had a video on my Instagram talk about being in the room, right? Being in the room is just sometimes being present, like, and not saying a word. And I'm seeing these legends, and I've soaked up all this information, all the, how they, you know, Yo, 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 yo. I, I, I saw them do that, and like I just watched it, and I'm like, 
I hear certain things that people don't hear. I feel certain things that people don't feel. And so once I started doing it myself and started to like getting confident and started writing, you know, doing it, I'm more so freestyle than I am writing. If I do freestyle something like that, I'm like, I got to record it and I go back and write to it. I so tell them voice memo all the time I, in my studio. Dave, something, Dave used to tell me, he'd be like, bro, why you ain't got your voice memo on? <laughs> you know, because we'd be in the studio and uh, we had sessions and he's just like, bro, make sure you got a voice memo on, always record. And um, yeah. But yeah, music is is what keeps me going. Music is therapy, bro. And as you know, that's, that's what, you know, is what fuels emotions. So, yes, sir. Um, which gets us back to, uh, I'm gonna play some device back on again for us. Uh, what type of stories do you like to tell? Like what's, as you saw my pocket, right? You saw me freestyle, like what's your pocket? Like what's your tempo? Like where you, where you at? I like love stories. Love? Love stories, uh, most of the time uh, for me. I think I'm, I'm low key like, I think the term is hopeless romantic, but I don't know if that's the right term for, you know, a dude like right. myself, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the but, hopeless uh, romantic. But I like to write I like to write love stories or stories that I feel relate. Um I think la- lately in the past five years, you know, I used to always try to write like I can't write it if I didn't go through it type thing. But then I started to learn that like, no, bro, some of the most relatable stories are the stories that we have as conversations, like on the couch. Um, talking to the guys when we're going through things. And it's like, um, recently I found joy in speaking or being that voice for a vulnerable man. Wow. Like, I played football, yeah. If we want to get into it, we could be as rough and tough as we want. But I think more in today's society, we need to allow safe spaces for men to be vulnerable, to have emotions, to express themselves, to uh, be able to love, to care, to to think and articulate how they feel when they do feel something and not feel like, you know, I'm less of a man for speaking on it or saying that I feel this way or that made me feel like not good inside, right? So a lot of the songs I either write are from the perspective of a man that is either coming from a vulnerable place of saying some whack stuff to a woman that's, it might be corny if you walk up to the bar and say it, but when I sing it, it, you know what I'm saying? It might give that guy at the bar who doesn't have the confidence to walk up and say hello yep. to at least sing these lyrics right. and now break the ice, yep. right? Um, and then also writing with with women mm. Um, mm-hmm. to hear a different side yeah. and then also start to understand, like, okay, this is where she's coming from, and if I can at least put myself in her shoes, maybe I might understand a situation like this a lot better when it arises in my own life. So I can handle it as such or know how to navigate it without, you know, stepping on anyone's toes or or hurting anyone's feelings and and making everyone feel seen and and heard. So I think those are the stories that I like to tell and those are the songs that I like to write. Um, And then even in writing for like, you know, film and stuff like that. Yeah. I definitely am a sucker for a good love story. Yeah. Or a rom, what they call them, rom coms. Rom coms. Rom coms are good. Me? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I was a mama's boy, so I used to be stuck by her hip when she watched mm-hmm. Lifetime. So like Man, my whole what? goal my, my is to do a movie on Lifetime and be like, "Love, mom, we on Lifetime." You know what I'm saying? Yeah, my Sometimes. mom's in here. Where she at? What's up, mom? Yeah, she. What's she's up, in the mama? Back. My mom in the back. Yeah. Shout out to Sonya Prater. My sister in the back too. 
Um, my mama in Indiana, but shout out, mama, I love you. All the mothers in here, all the all the mothers, all the mothers, just clap it up, all, all the, the mothers, mothers yes. and just real real talk. Clap all, it up, the mothers. all the mothers. There's a lot of mothers in here, but when we talk about Lifetime, that one, my mother with a Lifetime movie all the time. Like <laughs> all we, day, bro. You know, we be damn near, I feel like our experiences are Lifetime movies, you know what I'm saying? That Randy Moss was a Lifetime movie. That bro. situation was a Lifetime yes, movie. You might yeah, pitch that as a, that could be an episode or something. You gonna film it. <laughs> exactly. That part. <laughs> I love it. You feel um, So yeah, man, that's, so we talked about, you know, we just had the Super Bowl. Yeah. And you was you was just out there in Arizona. Outside, baby. You had a chance to play in a Super Bowl. Yep. With the Broncos. Yes. So talk about that and then having the experience to go back. You just left out there. You did some with the NFL Players Choir. Yes. Uh, he's on the NFL Players Choir. Yeah. Um, the NFL uh, put together a dope group of brothers that are all talented singers, and Nate's a part of that. So shout yeah. out to Nate for being part of the NFL Players Choir. Um, but talk talk to us about your experience playing the Super Bowl and then being out there doing stuff with them for the past Super Bowl. Man, so my experience in the Super Bowl, uh, y'all like stories? Or can I tell a quick story? All right, cool. That's why we here, brother. So you know that Grim Reaper? I was playing in Miami, and that Grim Reaper came down, and he must have caught me on the wrong day because it was a joke, and the coaches was in there, and I kind of, you know, was a little irritated. I was practicing. It was a little hot. It was Miami. So I said a couple things, and I got cut. Long story short, I got cut on new, on Christmas Eve, right? So I'm telling mom, like, yo, I'm about to come home for Christmas. She's like, okay, dope. And then I called her back, like, yeah, I'm really coming home for Christmas, right? Whoa. So I went from going home for Christmas to my agent calling me the next day, like, yo, you about to go to the Broncos. We just got you picked up right away. You're going to have Merry Christmas, right? So I get on the plane, and I'm going to be real. Leaving Miami, I ain't never been to Denver. I'm like, bro, what's in Denver, bro? It looks so trash. It's snow. It's cold. Like, bro, it was Can't 80. breathe. The air thin as hell. I didn't know that at first. I didn't know that at yeah, first. Did you, man, I play, uh. That smacked me there when I got there. Because I'm out there, and you know when you do drills, I'm yeah. going hard. Everybody laughing like, he <laughs> 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 like, wasted you, all his energy you might on the first slow down. <laughs> You might want to slow down, bro. So long story short. I get there in December. Uh, for everyone out there, playoffs start in January. So here I am, this new guy on the team where they've done all this amazing stuff this whole season. And now I'm literally going to go on what I didn't know at the time would be the best playoff run I've ever been a part of. Where now I'm playing with Peyton Manning, another idol of mine. From I'm from Indiana, so I grew up a, a Colts fan. So I'm playing with, with Peyton Manning, Wes Welker, Demarius Thomas, and and one guy that I played in. Uh, rest I'm in like, peace to Murray Thomas. Rest in peace to him for sure, and Ronnie. So um, playing with these guys, right? And Chant Bailey. And now probably week two of the playoffs, I'm getting calls like, yo, y'all might got a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I'm like, bro, ain't anybody going to the Super Bowl, bro. I just got cut. I don't care. I don't care about nothing. I'm new here. They might cut me tomorrow. Right. Super Bowl comes up. I'm out there. Wow. Now it's real. Wow. Because an uh, opportunity just a month before that, I'm sitting in a in a team that ain't making the playoffs. And now you're on a team. Being a wild a, boy, be getting, ready to, being ready to cuss out coaches and everything. I get cut. I'm going home for Christmas. Now I'm on now I'm out here in Denver doing donuts in snow and getting ready to go to a Super Bowl. Not only was it that Super Bowl, but it was first Super Bowl they had in New York. Mm. So 
to be able to experience everything that comes with the Super Bowl. Now I'm walking on the red carpet. What happens? They find out I can sing. Mm. So see how God work. They go over and they grab Michelle from Destiny's Child. She's on NFL Network and she's wow. one of the co-hosts. So they come over and they're like, "Hey, we need you to sing for Xbox." I'm like, "What?" Give He's me two on of them. fire. Give me two of them, and she yeah. goes, "Say my name, say my name." Yes. And then I hit the harmony, and now it goes viral. And so now something that I love music. I love. I'm at the Super Bowl. I'm literally a kid in the candy store, bro. I shouldn't be here, and now I'm singing with Michelle from Destiny's Child, bro. Yes. And I won the Xbox. Yes. Let's go. That was before we ever got to the game. We ain't even going to talk about the game because the game was kind of wild. It got out of hand from the first play. It's okay. We got beat. Russell Wilson was doing his thing. Yep. He was back when he was doing his thing. Yep. He going to get back on track now. Back before the Broncos country. Let's ride. Let's ride. He wasn't riding. <laughs> <laughs> he was falling off, but he going to get back up Yes, there. he is. It's okay. But that was my first Super Bowl experience, right? Yeah. And to be able to share that moment, but also we lost. Mm. And to hear Peyton, an idol of mine, walk in there, thank everybody, you know, with tears in his eyes. Was this and his it, last this was this his last it was, sec, it was the second to the last. Okay. So we went again after. Okay. But just watching him prepare after we lost. Like literally, you know how everybody come in, they handing in their tablets, everybody ready to go home. Yeah. This is the last game period. Yeah. So Everybody get in their cars. They nice. They dress nice. They going to their wives, their families. Everybody cool. Peyton sitting in the wait in the uh, weight room with the game film on from the Super Bowl, and he's watching everything that he did wrong, and he's marking it down with one of the younger quarterbacks. And he's like, "All right, next season we gonna work on this, this, and this because they got us here. They did this. They did that. That out route I couldn't really throw. I'm gonna work on it. And now the whole off season." I'm watching him work on every little thing that went wrong in that Super Bowl while still enhancing everything he did well. Wow. And then to be on that team, I ended up bouncing out. But the next season, I literally watched him go back, and now he wins. Damn. And so it taught me a valuable lesson in learning, like, yo, even though you got there, you didn't quite make it, ain't no time to be sad. Ain't yeah. no time to be mad. And while everybody else taking time off, when you feel like you're the greatest, you got to get right back in that lab and face everything you're not doing right. Be accountable. That next year that we had, every Thursday evening, the Broncos wouldn't even allow any coaches in our meeting. And we called it Accountability Day. So what happened is Peyton would give you about five to ten seconds to tell off on yourself on film before he take you out himself. Oh, right? He was one of them. Bro, I'm talking about, hey, Nate, uh, you're supposed to have an outside release here. Uh, well, what were you thinking here? Nate? Okay, Demarius, uh, <laughs> since Nate doesn't know how to take an outside release, you're going to be taking an outside release here, buddy. Uh, Nate, appreciate you, but uh, you just got demoted, okay? It's okay. Good luck. Um Outside release, and you're going to catch this. I'm going to throw it to you at about 15 yards. Now I'm looking in the game. He's doing exactly that. And I'm like, dang, bro. People need to understand that pressure, though. People, Y'all need to understand, like, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees I play with. It's so much pressure. Like, quick. And I'll give you a story in New Orleans. My first time I get a chance to run with the first team. 
So this is like that's pressure. I, w- I walk in, I run into man. What Drew Brees say these plays so fast? He's like blue sixteen. We got nineteen east over. It's like two sentences in one, and I'm like, and they say it real fast like. And then they like break. break. I'm like, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Everybody lined up. I'm like, bro, like I don't even know what I'm doing. So like I had to like really fake, you know, in this moment that like I knew what I was doing. Game is so fast, bro. Like, especially when you don't know what you're doing. That's why we all, I teach my kids that I train to like not don't just know what you're doing. Know, know what everybody, everybody else, else doing. is doing. You know what I'm saying? Because you play faster, you play smoother, you ain't thinking as much. So I remember being in that huddle, man, and like one of my homies, Teron Armstead. He was like, because he knew I had the talent. He was like, Hey, you ready? I was like, Yeah. He was like, All right, here we go. And then the fucking play broke down. Like, oh shoot. And we went lined up, and I remember I messed up on this play, right? And it was going to me. I had, a, I was supposed to run it out. I ran it over, like I ran a. <laughs> o- the play is rolling to this side, and I'm running away from him, right? And you like the whole outlet, and I'm he the, has you nowhere. Nowhere to be he found. Was hot. Hot. And the thing is about Drew Brees, uh, if you drop a ball by him, every day after practice, we always like have another hour session of routes with like just our helmets to be another practice. And, like, if you dropped it, you got to go catch that same ball a hundred times from him that route so he can build that confidence in you. back in you. What? I mean, that was, at least he did that. Peyton just stand there and look at you like, what? Get him out of there. He doesn't want to <laughs> play. He did sit like that. Bro, he, bro, he. Read with that hit, real hit quick. Big old helmet. <laughs> big helmet, bro. He got the biggest head. Love you, Peyton. <laughs> so here, biggest head, bro. Pause. Pause. Yeah, big yeah. Um, <laughs> Don't get fined. Like <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. I got I know. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, now that's a lot of pressure. And then a lot of people don't understand too. When you get moved up like that, and you're a young guy, the old guys feel threatened. So when you're running out to the huddle, you're like, "Hey, bro, bro, what route I got?" They, man, they be mimes, bro. They be like, "He ain't gonna take my job. I ain't gonna tell you my, what you right. got." You know what I'm right. saying? It's, um, it's crazy. It's 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 really crazy out there. Like. As much as we have teammates, as much as these are your brothers that you go to war with, they still got a family to feed. Oh, I got a story for that. Go ahead, talk, talk, talk <laughs> to them, go talk to us about that. About so, that. Randy Moss bringing yep. him back in the fold. 49ers. Uh, John Harbaugh goes, Nate, stand up. I stand up. So, how many kids you got? I said zero. I was proud. I ain't got no kids. I'm out here. What's up, coach? Like I'm single out here. What's up? He said, Randy, stand up. How many kids you got? He said two, maybe three, maybe four. I don't know about right. Being a joke, right? <laughs> so he said, Nate, you want to make this team? I said, I'm gonna make this team. I'm trying to give him the confidence. Like, yeah, I'm gonna make this team. Inside, I'm like, bro, that's a lot of receivers. I don't know. Right. But I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna make this team. He said, cool. You got to take all the food out of his kid's mouth. Exactly. Who who hit me with the Kevin? Damn. The Kevin Hart. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> right. So it hit me different. Because I'm not gonna lie, I'm a like I'm a humble soul on the inside. I'm a cool guy. Yep. I'm like the kids. I don't want to take no food from the kids. Right. Like what you mean, coach? Like, like hey, Randy, you want to go? You but go? it was really perspective. And Randy being real, he was like, "Hey, bro, he real. Like you gotta go eat, mm-hmm. even though you don't have that. And I got this. You gotta come take it." And he was like, "And I'm gonna be real with you. I ain't gonna give it to you, bro. Mm-hmm. These are my kids. Yeah. This is my livelihood. So you gotta come take that. Right. And that's the mental that they start you off with." Even though we on the same team, we playing, you still competing against me every day. They call it the eye and the what? The eye in the sky? The eye in the sky don't lie. So they literally watch everything you do every day, every play, every route you run, everything. 
and it's all for you to have to compete. If we on the same team, I got to take – it's hard, bro, to go play Call of Duty with somebody that's really beating your butt every day in practice, bro, and y'all on the same team. It's 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 a weird dynamic. That, that's a very weird dynamic. It's a weird dynamic. Like, how are we going to be cool? I don't even want you to cook for me, bro. You might poison me. It's I don't even want to eat. I don't want to drink. You might get me drunk and not go tell the coach. Like, I'm cool. It's that like, deep, bro. It's that deep. So it, It's that deep. Um. That's the story. Yeah, we can go back, bro. Let's get to the questions because I'll talk about football all day. No, nah, it's I mean, but that's <laughs> the thing. We 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 collide in worlds, right? I said we yeah. talking we talking with you all, and we want you all to understand our life and our experiences and the plight that we went through. Um, again, so we gonna talk about Division Street. It's our last song. Yeah. Um, as we get closer to the end of, end of our time here tonight. Um, I gonna start sweating already. Division Street is a song that. You rent, rent it's a rendition of Sade a little bit. Yeah. And you put your King own King of Sorrow. Uh Kings of Sorrow and you swagged it out. And it's a funny story. And I gotta tell this story. Cause I called you the other night. <laughs> and, I t- and I was like, bro, your first line in this song, I'm crying everyone's tears. It's like, that's hard. <laughs> and I was like, I talked to my business manager, Dana, she was like, that's Sade's line. That's Sade's line. And I was so adamant, I'm like, damn, I got to get back on my history of music, you know? And yeah. um, King of Sorrow is an amazing song. Y'all know Sade. She's an amazing, amazing artist. My favorite artist. Uh, she's a beautiful soul, beautiful spirit. And um, that's why I like When it comes to making songs that are renditions or like covers of legends, songs like this, you got to be really mindful. Like, don't fuck it up, you know? Trust. And you, <laughs> I thought you did a great job. We all listened to it. Uh, we thought you did a great job, and uh, we're going to play this for y'all right now. Uh, this is Division Street by Nate. I might not sing this one, y'all. This one kind of... Uh, <laughs> she said I did. <laughs> yeah, this one's deep. I'm crying everyone's tears In the inside our private wall Oh, I got bodies, you got bodies I pray they didn't die the night before Because I want to get close to you Take a deep look into your soul. Get lost in all your imperfections. I pray that you don't change at all. The king of sorrow. I pray for love tomorrow. King of sorrow, I pray for love tomorrow. Oh, 